When looking ahead to the 2023 football season, there's good reason to believe that this could be Spencer Rattler's best season yet in his college career. Our Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, your show for the latest headlines and potential storylines on South Carolina Gamecock athletics. I'm Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast, and also the lead staff writer for Gamecocks Digest over on SI.com. Thank you for making Lockdown Gamecocks your first listen here today. We are free and available on YouTube and also wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. And before we get into this Wednesday edition of Locked On Gamecocks, I want to let y'all know that today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Spring practice is just a couple of weeks away here for the South Carolina Gamecocks. And while the official start date has yet to be announced, I think that it's time for us to go ahead and take a look at the roster to sort of see what the headlines are for these different position groups heading into spring practice. And so for today's show, we're going to start out with the most important position on the team in the quarterback spot. The main takeaway with this position as we near spring practice for South Carolina is that Spencer Rattler could have his best college season yet in 2023. And there's a couple different reasons why this could be the case. Let's start off with the biggest reason and subsequently the biggest change that took place during this offseason, which is Dow Loggins, the Dow Loggins effect that could unfold for Spencer Rattler and subsequently this entire offense. Dow Loggins was hired by Shane Beamer back in December as somebody that obviously has plenty of years of experience in the NFL. So he has experience running an offense that has pro style-ish concepts. But Shane Beamer mainly brought Dow Loggins to South Carolina to try and stabilize this offense, to help this offense become more consistent so that you see more performances like this offense had against Tennessee and against Clemson in the latter portion of the 2022 season, meaning a couple different things. Not having an abhorrent amount of different personnel groupings, which could allow Spencer Rattler to build a much stronger rapport with the guys on this roster behind Juice Wells. So that he's basically not having to deal with a whole new set of receivers and tight end targets almost every other play. Also, Dow Loggins is going to be expected to simplify the communication aspect of this offense, which means not having around five, six or more checks at the line of scrimmage to run through before the ball is even snapped. But instead, having more signals, having more one-word play calls, which in turn is going to let this offense be run through Spencer Rattler's strengths, which one of them is selectively running tempo when a drive allows for it, something that Spencer Rattler is able to utilize quite well, and it helps him to get into more of a rhythm as one particular drive or an entire game progresses. 
And the other thing is, Dow Loggins said at his introductory press conference back in December that his offensive playbook, sort of how he schemes up this offense in its entirety, is going to be centered first and foremost around the starting quarterback for the team. It is going to start with what Spencer Rattler does well. And when looking back at Marcus Satterfield and his time here in Columbia back in 2022, I do believe genuinely that Marcus Satterfield tried to do this to a certain extent. But I also believe, and I think that this was one of his bigger downfalls, that Marcus Satterfield tried to get everything to mesh perfectly on every single play, which most coaches would love to have the kind of perfect play call on every single snap. But that's just something that is not realistic, especially when you're trying to run a pro-style offense at the college level. Dow Loggins, in terms of what he's going to do with Spencer Rattler, he truly gives off the vibes of being a former quarterback at the college level. Somebody that has really utilized the two years that he had at Arkansas prior to arriving in Columbia in a very positive way. Because he comes off as somebody that's going to stand there and say, listen... I got a ball player at quarterback. I got somebody that can really sling the pigskin around. I'm going to let my guy make a play if things go awry in the middle of a play. So that is what I believe Dow Loggins is going to bring to this offense. And I think that it is going to help Spencer Rattler first and foremost. And I think it's going to make him a much better quarterback and allow him to build up a lot more confidence, even if he might not have quite the set of weapons that he had in 2022, as a lot of people have pointed out so far this offseason. That's not the only reason, though, why I think Spencer Rattler could have his best year yet in 2023. Another reason why would be pretty self-explanatory. The experiences that he had this past year. This will be his second go-around in a pro-style offense. And let's be honest, when you're going through something a second time around, it's usually going to be a lot easier for you to sort of digest and internalize and deal with compared to the first time. Last year, a pro-style offense forced Spencer Rattler to get better in a couple different areas of his game. He was forced to get better at navigating the pocket, which was something that Spencer Rattler needed to improve. And by the end of the season, I think that you saw Spencer Rattler doing a much better job of stepping up in the pocket, stepping up in the face of pressure, instead of doing what he used to do in Oklahoma, which was always try to run out horizontally, escaping the pocket, and trying to make a crazy throw down the field. I think he also really had to do a better job of going through multiple reads, both before and after the snap. When he used to play that air raid offense for Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma, I'm not going to make it out like it was the easiest offense in the world, but let's be honest, an air raid offense compared to a pro-style offense, there's not exactly a whole lot of checks that you've got to go through. That is something that was probably a big learning curve for Spencer Rattler to start off last year. Again, now he has more experience with this part of the offense. And he also will not have the learning curve of going up against SEC athletes and also the defensive coaching staffs that South Carolina has to face year in and year out. He's got a better understanding now of what exactly he's going up against every single week in the SEC. And then the last reason why I think Spencer Rattler could have his best year yet in 2023 
is the diverse group of weapons that he's still going to have at his disposal this year. Obviously, that starts with Antoine Juice Wells, a guy that is a solid all-around receiver, obviously stepped up in multiple big games for South Carolina in 2022. Just a fantastic all-around playmaker and somebody that's got the mentality to play in this league. You also throw in veteran receivers like Xavier Leggett, Amarian Brown, on Joyner, and Eddie Lewis. Guys that, again, might not necessarily be a number one wide receiver, but they can certainly help out in this offense. And then you throw in guys like a Trey Knox and, of course, a Nicholas Harper, who, in terms of Nicholas Harper's case, might not make quite a big impact in his freshman campaign. But you have to imagine, there's going to be a couple of really big, bright spots for him at some point this upcoming season. So needless to say, again, it might not look like the same firepower that South Carolina had on paper this past year. But there's still some guys on this team that can certainly help out Spencer Rattler. And when you combine that with everything else I've already mentioned up to this point, there's good reason to believe that 2023 could be Spencer Rattler's best season yet here in his college career and thus subsequently really making the case for why he should be still a high-level draft pick in the NFL the following spring afterwards. Now, while Spencer Rattler could be primed to have his best year yet in his college career this upcoming fall, there is still a big question mark with the quarterback position heading into spring practice. What is that question mark? We're going to dive into that in more detail in just a couple moments right here on Locked On Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to three-pointers drained in a game. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss out on your chance to get your no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Welcome back to this Wednesday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. Thank you for making Locked On Gamecocks your first listen or watch here today. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball, where you'll find everything you need to know about college hoops in just one place. Plus, you'll hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. There's still one big question that must be answered at the quarterback position for Dow Loggins, Shane Beamer, and the rest of South Carolina's football program heading into and eventually coming out of spring practice. And that question is this. Which quarterbacks are still going to be on the roster coming out of the spring period? Because 
There's no sources that I have with what I'm about to say. This is just a gut feeling here. I feel like that a quarterback is going to be leaving and entering the transfer portal after spring practice. Because here's the thing. Y'all, the quarterback room is starting to get a little bit overcrowded. Spencer Rattler is obviously the incumbent starter heading into 2023. And unless there's some really horrific injury, which obviously, hopefully does not happen, Spencer Rattler is going to be behind center once again in 2023. But behind Spencer Rattler sits five scholarship quarterbacks now at this current moment. And the thing is, there's another one that's going to be on his way this next winter in Dante Reno when Spencer Rattler eventually ends up walking out the door. So when looking at these quarterbacks that are on the roster, which quarterbacks could end up being maybe the ones that really need to take a step forward this upcoming spring. Well, I'll start off with some of the ones that I don't think are going to be in that category, and that's going to start with Luke Doty. Doty has played in 19 games up to this point in his career, starting in six of them, and obviously, he's been a bit of a mixed bag. I would still argue that he's yet to have really ideal circumstances surrounding him when he's been the starting quarterback. He's the most experienced backup by far out of this entire group, and I believe that he's going to be the heir apparent to Spencer Rattler for at least 2024 after Rattler walks out the door, and that's going to be due to the loyalty that he has shown to the program up to this point. So I certainly don't think that Luke Doty is going to be the guy that could walk out the door after spring practice. Tanner Bailey is another guy that you know has not played a whole lot, but He's got a lot of promise in terms of what he brings to the football field. He can alter his passes based on what's needed during a play, and he can also make throws off-platform. He did this to a great extent during his senior season at Gordo High School in Alabama back in 2021. And the other thing is, Beamer has called him multiple times one of the hardest workers on the entire football team. A guy that basically has a first one in, last one out type of mentality, both in the film room and in the weight room as well. So Tanner Bailey, I don't think that he's going to be a guy that could potentially be leaving after spring. Lenore Sellers, he's the rookie out of the group. He quite literally just got to campus around a month and a half or so ago, and he offers a ton of potential at the college level. We talked about this before. I think Lenore Sellers has the potential to be the best quarterback in school history. I think that he's got the perfect blend of size, arm strength, athleticism, can adjust passes kind of like Tanner Bailey, and he's also got a quick release to boot with all of that. So there is no shot that Lenore Sellers is going to be moving on after spring practice, which leaves us with two more quarterbacks. And in my opinion, probably the two guys where if you're either of these guys, you probably want to have the best spring practice possible this upcoming March and April. And that's Braden Davis and Colton Gather. So let's start off with Braden Davis. Davis redshirted last season as well. And besides a couple of solid throws in the spring game this past April, he didn't really play at all with this team this past year. But again, he does have some quality traits to his game. He's got size being listed at 6'5". He's got leadership skills that he possesses and brings to the football field. He's got solid scrambling ability, and he's also somebody that can throw the football on the run quite well. So he's going to be a guy that I'm going to be watching quite closely throughout spring practice because it's not really through any fault of Braden Davis's, but 
Again, with how crowded this room is getting, the addition of Lenora Sellers, who probably, at least in the minds of the fan base, is already going to be slotted ahead of Brain Davis on the depth chart. Davis is probably a guy that is going to have to take a step forward this spring. And that leads us with our last quarterback in Colton Gather, who has thrown one pass in his three seasons in Columbia up to this point, and also played in the spring game this past April, a lot more so than Braden Davis, and Colton threw two picks this past spring, and quite honestly, there were times where it just didn't really seem like that Colton was reading the entire football field when he was throwing the football from the pocket, and the thing is, he's about to go into potentially his fourth season here at South Carolina, and it just kind of seems like that South Carolina keeps on adding another solid quarterback with every single recruiting cycle, and it's adding a lot more competition for Colton. So, kind of like Braden Davis, I think that Colton is a guy that if you want to be able to stick around in Columbia after this spring period, you've got to take a step forward. You've got to really show the coaches some good stuff on the practice field and eventually in the spring game where he's probably going to get a lot more snaps once again. So, out of all these quarterbacks, I would say the two that probably really need to treat this spring practice period with a lot more seriousness are probably Braden Davis and Colton Gather. Obviously, I'm not going to make any sort of prediction as to what who I think would win that kind of battle there, but again, there's probably going to be one guy that is leaving this quarterback room and South Carolina's football team after spring practice, and it's going to be interesting to see how everything plays out, especially with a new offensive coordinator and quarterback coach now in town in Dow Loggins. All right, now while spring practice is still a couple of weeks away for South Carolina's football team, there are still some other major sports teams that are in season right now. And one of those teams is South Carolina's men's basketball team, who played their final road game in the regular season on Tuesday night against the Mississippi State Bulldogs, a game in which uh, South Carolina collapsed, to put it bluntly, at the end of the day. They ended up losing this game by a final score of 74-68, to but as I'll get into in just a couple minutes, South Carolina had a good chance to win this game. They were well positioned late in this game to potentially find their fourth conference win in year one under Lamont Paris, but they just, they don't know how to play winning basketball yet when it's really important to do so. So, again, we'll get to that in a couple of moments, but let's start off with a couple other takeaways from this game. Gigi Jackson, he really showed up on the offensive end on Tuesday night. I know that in terms of consistency, Gigi Jackson has been quite up and down. He's been quite the roller coaster in terms of his consistency and at times his ability to sort of compartmentalize what all is happening for him this season. But on Tuesday night... Gigi Jackson did a lot more good than bad for South Carolina. He scored 22 points for the Gamecocks, shooting 5 of 12 from the field, and also making all 11 of his free throw attempts at the charity stripe and adding 8 rebounds to boot. And I want to stick with the 11 free throws made real quick because that means that Gigi Jackson actually was aggressive on the offensive end on Tuesday night. Gigi Jackson was willing to drive to the basket. I think that out of his 12 shots, only four of them were three-pointers, which for Gigi Jackson is a lot better ratio than what he has shown 
multiple times throughout the course of this season. This is something that obviously Lamont Paris has been harping on for the majority of the year, where he's wanting these guys to be willing to be aggressive and show these opposing SEC defenses some different looks so that they have to respect their overall offensive game from the inside out and not just from 15 plus feet away on a bunch of jump shots. Gigi Jackson was willing to drive into the paint in the land of the proverbial giant, so to speak, against Mississippi State multiple times. And he converted multiple tough layups. And he also got a couple of really tough, hard-earned fouls drawn against Mississippi State. And it really helped out South Carolina on that end of the floor, especially when it came to sort of stymieing any momentum that Mississippi State was building at any point in the first 32 minutes of this contest. Now, looking at the defensive end for South Carolina, the Gamecocks have got to do a better job as a collective team of not falling behind on defense. And what I mean by that is not necessarily in transition or on the fast break, but when South Carolina actually is in their set defense, everybody's got their matchup. Too often in these games, and it happened again last night, South Carolina has one player who was going up against the primary ball handler in that moment for their opponent, and the opposing ball handler gets right on past said Gamecock. And from that point on, it's like South Carolina is just playing an endless routine of catch-up mode on the defensive end, with guys all of a sudden now being one person off in their rotation, and then their opponents being able to just pass the ball around over and over and over until eventually somebody has got at least 10 feet of space between them and the nearest defender from South Carolina's basketball team. And even when going up against teams like Mississippi State, who are not really known for their offensive prowess, that's something that hurts South Carolina more often than not. And this is something that has negatively impacted South Carolina in almost every single conference game up to this point in the season. It's what makes basketball as a sport so much more difficult in certain facets, because in terms of your team's defensive play, Everybody's got to be playing as one unit. You can't be having everybody playing basically one-on-one basketball on that end of the floor. Because if you play that way, then especially in the college ranks more often than not, you're going to end up falling behind and you're going to end up not being able to really get a solid rotation going in terms of staying in front of your man. And it's going to allow a bunch of good shot opportunities for your opponent throughout the entire course of a basketball game. The last takeaway that I really had from this game is that the Gamecocks still need to learn how to play winning basketball when it counts the most. South Carolina, with 8 minutes and 20 seconds left in this contest, was up 57-53. to They had been leading this game for a good amount up to that point, and I believe had pretty much been the leader of the game for the last 7-6 to minutes leading into sort of this 8-minute mark. But once it reached this point, things went south and in a hurry for South Carolina. In the final 8 minutes and 20 seconds of this game, South Carolina turned over the basketball 7 times on offense, shot 3 of 9 from the field, and allowed Mississippi State subsequently to make 7 of their last 9 shots. I kid you not, when it was 57-53, to South Carolina holding the advantage at that point. The Gamecocks turned around, and over the next four offensive possessions, gave the basketball away. 
didn't even get a shot off. Mississippi State, I believe, converted on three of those four steals or turnovers that they forced and wound up scoring on the other end, subsequently taking the lead, having all the momentum come over to their side of the floor. And from that point on, it just pretty much snowballed for South Carolina. It's really frustrating to see at times because this is now probably the fifth or sixth instance where South Carolina was really in the game against a solid opponent at this point in the contest. And through mainly their own play, some self-inflicted errors on their end, let the game slip away. South Carolina could very well have 13-14 wins right now on their schedule. But this kind of stuff happening this late in a game is the reason why they are sitting at 10 wins. Because they're still learning how to play good, consistent basketball for 40 minutes. Not 30 minutes, not 20 minutes, 40 minutes. They've yet to reach that point. And for fans, I know that it's tough to watch at times. But you can tell when watching this team overall that this program has got a lot of potential under Lamont Paris. If Lamont Paris is given time to get his guys in there, this is a team that could be a tournament team every other year in Columbia. But until he's able to get his players here at South Carolina, this is what you're going to end up seeing. You're going to see this team fight the good fight. They're going to put up a very valiant effort in these kind of games, but eventually something is going to happen in a certain aspect where South Carolina's opponent is going to pounce on it and they're going to take advantage of the Gamecocks to where something like this ends up occurring. So, again, another tough loss for South Carolina. They got one more regular season game that they'll be playing, and that will take place on Saturday in the Clean Life Arena against the Georgia Bulldogs. But, with that being said, y'all, that's going to do it for today's show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. I hope y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show, as always. What are your thoughts on Spencer Rattler and this upcoming football season? Do you think that this could be Spencer Rattler's best season yet in his college career? Let me know all of your thoughts down below in the comments section if you're watching today's show on YouTube or if you listen to today's show on an audio podcast app. You can shoot me a direct message at line underscore SC on Twitter. And once again, don't forget to make Lockdown College Basketball your second listener watch now that you have watched or listened to the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. But once again, y'all, that does it for me on today's show. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, and I will catch y'all on the next show of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast.